Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. Warning, the Brad Report contains spoilers. This episode is brought to you by Birthdays, another trip around the sun. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars only. Make sure you subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Brad Report. And last week, we discussed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And this week, we will be belly flopping into... Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man's, not his first movie, his first MCU movie, well, not even his first MCU movie, his first MCU solo movie. There we go. So, there we go. We got it. So, uh, we've got a uh, fun episode planned for you all today, so I'm just going to kick it off with our summary, and then we're going to introduce our special guest before we get into the themes. So, here we go. Spider-Man Homecoming. Thrilled by his experience with the Avengers, young Peter Parker returns home to live with his Aunt May. Under the watchful eye of mentor Peter Stark, or Peter Stark, Tony Stark, good grief. Uh, <laughs> Tony Stark, Parker uh, starts to embrace his newfound identity as Spider-Man. He also tries to return to his normal daily routine, uh, distracted by thoughts of proving himself to be more than just a friendly neighborhood superhero. Peter must soon put his powers to the test when the evil vulture emerges to threaten everything that he holds dear. Thank you, Brad. Summary. Great summary. So, Thank you, Google. As Brad mentioned, we have a special guest on the show tonight. This is a good friend of mine. We went to college together, and he hosts a really good podcast right now. And uh, He is into nerdy things, and especially Spider-Man. He is Ty McGowan. Ty, thank you. What's up, guys? I'm so pumped to be on here. Pumped to be on a Spider-Man-specific episode, especially. Um, And I have been listening along to y'all's MCU deep dive that, gosh, it feels like y'all have been doing this for so long. Uh, But I... We've been doing it a long time. (laughs) I'm I'm pumped for it. I love it so much. I'm I'm always uh, interested in y'all's takes on it. Yeah, well, we're as uh, I think we've uh, so as the rankings host, I'm pretty sure, uh, according to our votes, you're our favorite host. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're the host we agree the most with. I don't know what it is, but we, I, you know, I come into every every guest spot I've done on rankings, I come into it thinking, okay, I want to pick Danny, and every time I come out picking Ty, well, amazing. T- to be fair, two of them were MacGuffins. His X-Men and Spider-Man episode, he definitely just picked the most ridiculous rankings yeah. he could he could think of. Yeah, he but, did. He had some he had some out ones. But I always cho- I always create the best list, so it just makes sense that <laughs> me because y'all are very smart people. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll take it. Smarter than most. Or smarter than some. Maybe I'll say smarter than some. Uh, awesome. Well, we're gonna, so just so we have a little order to this, um, anytime we, we do a take or we'll start off, uh, we'll just go, uh, Brad, Ty, and then myself, uh, so we can go in that order. So 
we all, all have our turn. So we've come up with a few themes. So, Brad, uh, you want to kick us off with our first theme yeah, for Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. I mean, I think this theme is pretty obvious, but this is a this is a coming-of-age story, right? Like, this is a high school a high school um, coming-of-age movie disguised as a superhero movie. Right? In a lot of ways, that's kind of like Spider-Man's whole thing, right? He is a, he's a teenager who is undergoing these massive changes to his body, which it doesn't take a, a whole lot of... Uh, like literary insight to to see what the what the parallel is there, you know, like it's clearly like a, a puberty thing, um, but on steroids because he's a superhero. Yeah, right. But this movie is all about high school relationships, friendships, dating, bullying, trying to navigate growing older. Um, Peter is like the perfect example of a of like a, a outwardly cocky, inwardly unsure like teenager insecure yeah like he's very comfortable around his friends and his buddies and in like his uh decathlon set academic decathlon setting and then when he goes to talk to liz this girl he's got a crush on he just sounds like a like a like an idiot you know <laughs> he like, can't talk he like, forgets how to how to talk um and he's he's starting to get awkward with his parental figure um which for him is an aunt but you know, it's just, he's just he's growing up, and he I think he his Spider Man is cool because I think he's something that every um, every boy can can relate to, right? We've all yeah. we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, thirteen to fourteen when I hit puberty, I was climbing up walls, and then I was done hitting puberty. I just lost that. It was yeah terrible. Yeah, well, I remember <laughs> I remember when I hit it when I was twenty, and uh, it was <laughs> you were six foot four when you were like twelve years old. Uh, I was I was a really tall middle schooler, and then I just like you know, there's a point in my life where I thought I was going to be like six 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 seven because I was so much taller than everybody, and then I just kind of plateaued and evened out a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm pretty all. sure I hit the height that I'm at now, which is six four, in eighth grade, or when <laughs> I was a Lord. freshman. I was I was tall. I was really really tall. And yeah, so but yeah, I think that that's super accurate with the the themes of you know it's a, a coming of age high school superhero story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's him struggling with like like identity and and you know school and and girls and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then you know he also happens to have the powers of a spider. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my biggest theme with uh, with Spider-Man in any iteration, um, I see this theme all the time is uh, the strength with it, strength within, because um, he so much of any Spider-Man movie and especially this one, it's doesn't matter about his powers, you know, and his suit. He always has a great suit and he has these tremendous powers, but it always comes down to like his will and and what he's willing to sacrifice and and what he's willing to to fight for and you know not finding strength in these like outside materialistic things like like his powers and his and his uh suit i mean his spider-man's greatest strength is you know the the whole uncle ben you know responsibility thing like that that's spider-man's biggest strength yeah and that tony kind of says that to him when he's like if you um, I, I don't know the exact quote off the top of my head, but he's like, if you can't, if 
you can't do this without the suit. You don't deserve the suit. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, I mean, that's the whole thing with, with Iron Man also. That's why those parallels are so perfect and Marvel, I mean, Marvel totally knocked out of the park with having Iron Man be his mentor because Iron Man is, is totally strengthened. Like, like, yeah, he has really cool suits, but like any genius can make a cool suit. It's right. kind of all within. I think that's why a lot of people identify with Spider-Man because, you know, he wears a mask. So, you know, people can say, oh, well, you know, I could also wear the mask, you know, if I have the responsibility, you know, do what's right. If I see something wrong, then, then fix it kind of thing. Um, and I think that that's what I love about Spider-Man so much is that he's so much more than just like a superhero. No, yeah, absolutely. I think, and I mean, several of the Stan Lee interviews that I'm sure we've all seen throughout the years is that he, when he first created Spider-Man, he said he wanted to create a superhero with real life problems. Mm-hmm. And when Brad and I were watching this last night, it just struck me how one of the core themes of Spider-Man's story is that anytime he pursues his life as Spider-Man, Spider-Man, he has to give up things as Peter Parker. And anytime he pursues things as Peter Parker, he has to give up his responsibilities as Spider-Man because there's this constant tension between this double life that he's living. And so I don't know if I have that encapsulated into a one word or one phrase theme, but just that uh, that tension of of his the lives that he's pursuing and living in. He wants both things, you know. He he wants to be able to take Liz out on a date, but he also wants to be recognized by Tony Stark as an Avenger and as a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think there's a way to do both? Like, do you think uh, do you think like Peter, if he was a little bit more mature, a little wiser, like he could pull he could pull off being a successful Peter and a successful Spider Man? I think it's it's i i don't think so from like from what i've seen in other spider-man stuff it's it's really hard for him to pull off both and i think that's i think that's true with like every superhero except yeah. for like those that are like hey i'm the, like like captain america like doesn't batman. really have to deal with the same thing batman he's like totally by himself except for alfred right. uh Iron Man's just like the most egotistical man in the world. So like, right. yeah, he doesn't deal with that stuff until he actually has to deal with it. But like Peter, like he, he just like, can't like, if he was to be a successful Peter, there would be some instances where he would have to be like, okay, I'm going to have to let someone else take care of that. And I don't think that's like within his wheelhouse to do that. Sure. Okay. Because he has such a high view of his responsibility, you know. Yeah. He has such a high view of that. Nah, of course, is the Uncle Ben origin story and the lesson that he learns. And so I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that there's a way for, in the way that he's written as a character, there's no way for him to balance that. Yeah. Because anything that he says in uh, civil war he says if you can stop those things from happening and you don't they happen because of you yeah and so if that is said it's almost 
it's an over unhealthy view of responsibility. Right. Because if yeah. he were able to set barriers and boundaries, he would be able to stay at homecoming with Liz. Sure. But he can't. So he doesn't because right. he's, he has to be true to himself as a character. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, that was kind of my next theme is just, we don't get the line in this movie. Um, with great power comes Thank great responsibility. God. I'm so <laughs> glad that they didn't do that. And I'm so glad they didn't kill Uncle Ben. I can't see another Uncle Ben die. I'm so tired of it. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. That's actually, yeah. It comes up later. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. I, I, I agree a ton with that. Absolutely. Um, I just, but but that is, like, even if they don't say the, the words outright, like, like Brad's saying, like, that is kind of like a core um, a core idea of who Spider-Man is, right? This idea that he believes that he has to try to stop everything that he thinks he has the power to stop. Um, and that, you know, that gives him problems with, with Liz and with his friends and with his high school and also gives him problems with Tony when Tony's telling him to kind of, like, chill out, maybe, uh, maybe stick to, like, ATM robbers or whatever instead of worrying about the vulture. But, of course, he doesn't do that because he is... Peter Parker. Yeah, that's kind. Of, it's kind of his biggest strength and biggest weakness at the same time. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because because if he just he if he just listens to Tony and like lets it play out, the, vul- the FBI take the on. vulture gets taken down by the FBI, yeah. and none of it happens. But because he wants to serve so badly, um, he ends up. He, like you said, it's a weakness. He ends up like making the problem worse because he didn't allow boundaries to be set for himself. Right. And I think that, like, as this Peter, the Tom Holland Peter, as he gets older, I think with the mentoring of Iron Man and and everything he will eventually go through, because we've only watched up until Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, right. Uh, I think he will, when he's older, that will change to where he knows where to go and where to be. And just the stakes will be higher with his responsibilities, kind of like the stakes got higher with Iron Man's. Like it'll turn, you know, Iron Man, it was okay, you know, gotta stop my business partner and then gotta stop uh, this weird Russian dude with <laughs> million tattoos and then gotta stop this weird guy that blo- that can just blow up at any time to, oh, I gotta pr- t- put a shield around the entire world. Yeah. So I think that's how it's eventually gonna go um, with this Spider Man. Well, I think that even because when you think about it, what are the stakes of the movie is that one guy gets some alien tech and sells it Mm. and a few guys are more successful at these small robberies. It's not a world ending. No, he doesn't save the world. He just he stops a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't like some gangs get some better weapons. Yeah. It's a friendly neighborhood stakes. Yeah movie for sure and then that's my my second theme is perspective um just because you know peter's this young kid and we're we're young we see the world as you know black and white you know you're either a good good guy or a bad guy and i think towards the end of this movie he kind of realizes like okay like i understand the vulture i kind of understand what he's doing i don't want to like, I think when he's fighting with him, his first thought isn't, I got to capture this guy to arrest him. It's, I want to save this guy's life because I kind of care about who yeah. he cares about. Um, and I think that's, that's like kind of a perspective change that, you know, 
kind of everybody grows up with when they kind of learn that there's there's a little bit of gray in in the black and white. Yeah, I I agree I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really solid. Uh, how he his perspective changes and he even as he's interrogating uh, Donald Glover's character, uh, the Prowler, he interrogates him and so. He's, he calls him a criminal just because he was at this this buying this buy. He doesn't actually commit any crimes, <laughs> and then he leaves him stuck to his car, and ice cream yeah. melting in his car. And he's like, "Oh, so he said, hey, after he just helps him and kind of tells him and is like, gives him advice, and then he's just like, oh, you're a criminal. You deserve this. Bye, Mr. Criminal. You know, <laughs> and uh, it's just like, bro, like he just helped you out. Come on, that, now. <laughs> that was so." That made me so mad that he did that one because, yeah, you're you're just leaving him stuck to a, a car. Three, it's Donald Glover, and you know mm-hmm. I love Donald Glover. I don't want to see him uh, get stuck to a car for two hours. And two, have you ever had ice cream melt in your car? It smells terrible. That you can't get that out in, in a week. You get like that's like mm-hmm. a month to month thing to get out of your car. Oh, brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, quick question. Throw in there since we talked about Donald Glover. You think we'll see him again? No, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, I don't. Because, because I think Sony has the rights to make a Miles Morales movie. I don't think think. Marvel does. So, I think if I think if Sony makes one, I think they keep. I think they keep as much as they can from the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we could see Donald Glover if they make a Miles Morales movie, which. I see kind of happening in the f- near future just because of the success of the Spider-Verse movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. And maybe they did that as part of this like Spider-Verse Sony's trying to build with all the, the Spider-Movies. Yeah. I think, and I think if anybody makes uh, a movie with Miles Morales with, uh, with his uncle in it, they're going to include Donald Glover because he's... He was uh, so when they created Miles Morales in the comics, they based it off of Donald Glover. That's Wait, like, for real? They, yeah, yeah. It was like back in like 2008, I think, huh. or yeah, something like that. They based it off of him because of his whole stand-up joke about how people freaked out because like someone on Reddit suggested that he play Spider-Man, and like the whole world, like he was like. Yeah, half the world was like, yeah, Donald Glover for Spider-Man. That'd be great. And then the other half was like, no, he's African-American. We don't want him to play Spider-Man. So then Marvel Comics was like, okay, we'll just make an African-American Spider-Man. Huh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like him and like Nick Fury are the only two people in Marvel Comics that are based off real people in real life. Like Nick yeah. Fury is based off Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Which the yeah. new the new <laughs> the new Nick Fury yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah which uh, was uh, very fitting the, the Ultimates uh, version of the Avengers yeah. yeah very fitting yeah super fitting which is awesome and then when Samuel L Jackson found out about it someone like told him is like hey this guy looks exactly like you so then he contacted Marvel and said hey if you ever make a movie I'm gonna be this guy that's cool and it happened that's so awesome yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I could see Donald Glover being in one, but I could also see Marvel or like DC or somebody 
hiring Donald Glover to play a superhero at some point. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Right. I hope he, I'd, I'd like for him to pump out more uh, more Lando content first. Yeah. Yeah, we got a Lando show. That's just me. So. Donald Glover like just finished writing, and we're totally not even talking about Spider Man Homecoming anymore. <laughs> but uh, Donald Glover just announced that he finished writing like a trilogy of movies. He hasn't said what kind of movies they are or, or anything like that. But he wrote a trilogy <laughs> of movies and he didn't direct them. So okay, I'm in. I'm in. Awesome, Brad. Brad, do you have another uh, Spider Man theme or? No, I'm good. Let's move on to storytelling then. Okay. So storytelling, we'll just cover the good, the bad, uh, Easter eggs if you have them. Uh, but yeah, you want to start us off? Yeah, let's start with the good, obviously. So the best, one of the best parts of this movie is that there is zero references, zero appearances, zero flashbacks of Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben is not here. And Uncle Ben's a great story. It's a really, it's a good origin story. It's a good motivation. But my goodness that is it would have been beating a dead horse to have uncle ben in this movie again because this was what the third origin origin movie of spider-man in like a 15 year span at this point yeah i think they kind of learned that from like with all the batman movies that came out i think a lot of people were like we're so tired of seeing those seeing those pearls at the the ground (laughs) like we don't want to see that anymore like we know how batman became batman and i think I think Marvel was like, everybody knows. I mean, Iron Man has to be the most popular superhero. Yeah, he's up there. Spider-Man and Batman. Yeah, it has to be. And I think they were just like, you know what? People know. People know about his Uncle Ben and all that. So, like, why just bring... They would probably hire a really good actor. Why bring a good actor on? And and you'd have to devote about 30 minutes to that flashback since you already introduced Spider-Man and in uh, Civil War. Like, let's just take that out so we don't have to add more time to this, you know. It's it's a high school, it's a fun high school movie and we don't want to add, yep. like, okay, first 30 minutes you're going to see Uncle Ben get shot. I, I agree. I'm just so glad he wasn't in there. Yeah. Trusting the audience's uh, knowledge of the story. And even, like, for younger viewers that don't know that story, I don't think it took away anything from not yeah. having yeah. Um, okay, so what what did I like? I mean, I, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He, okay. he is, he's not the best Peter Parker, which is uh, Tobey Maguire, and he's not the best Spider-Man, which is Andrew Garfield, but he's the best mix of both. And I think... Yeah, there you go. We are all in synchronization at this moment. And I, I think that was perfect. And the what I didn't even know, so I was watching, it was like a Comic-Con interview or something, but he's the only Spider-Man to have a Queen's accent in, in, in either movie, which I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a nice little, you know, yeah. addition. In that. Um, but yeah, I think he, you know, he looks like a nerd. He looks like he can be a nerd, and he also looks like he can be a superhero. Absolutely. So, like when Tobey Maguire is like Spider Man, I'm like, I don't, I don't <laughs> see that. And when Andrew Garfield's like, I'm a nerd, I'm like, no, you're not, dude. You're like the best looking guy in Hollywood right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, my, yeah. My first good was uh, Tom Holland's performance. I think you summarized it perfectly. 
and uh, that'll take away some of our questions later, but that's okay, is that, yeah, Tobey Maguire was the best nerd, Andrew Garfield was the best, I'm a superhero, Tom Holland combines them both uh, very well. Um, a happy medium middle. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing is that he's short. Spider-Man was always really short and small in the comics, and Tom Holland is short. And everything about the him doing the, the the talking the the anxiousness the nerdiness you can see he's very smart his uh just not knowing how to be intimidating mm-hmm. uh not knowing how to do certain things and just when he's with uh with karen and she's like hey you want to do insta kill and he's like okay or hot in interrogation yeah, yeah. mode yeah that sounds good all right activating insta kill no 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 <laughs> um and so just his his naivety or na- naivete, he's naive yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in being 15 years old. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I'll just go ahead and read the rest of the things I wrote for the good. So what we talked about, this is a small stakes movie, right? Yeah. Like it's, if he fails, it's not the end of the world. And I like that. Um, two, I like. I like what they do with Aunt May. I think Marissa Tomei is great in this. And I think her and Tony have... I, I like her, like, the interaction between her and Tony. They always made me laugh. So so the reason why that happened was... They're, they're, they have a history. Well, well, Gwyneth Paltrow was like not signed on for the rest of Marvel at that point. So, so, they weren't sure. so their okay. backup plan was Tony and Aunt May. Like that was the backup love interest. If Gwen gotcha. Paltrow didn't, you know, come back into the fold. Well, I thought I thought Marissa Tomei and uh, RDJ had really great chemistry and were really fun on screen together. I, I loved young Aunt May. I was always when I was a kid, I was always so confused why Aunt May was so old. Yeah, because like all of my aunts and uncles are like around the same age as my parents. Same. So I'm like, yeah, so why is Aunt May? the same age as my grandma but she's the aunt i was i just i was always so confused when i was a kid but yeah Yeah, young aunt may was i I think that was a great little twist on the story yeah and and the last one i wrote for things this movie well i think the best part of this movie is michael keaton i think michael keaton as vulture um and just as i just just as michael keaton is phenomenal i think he's great yeah, he was an interesting villain just because, like, in with most of these Marvel movies, I mean, y'all have talked about it before, the vi- villains are always probably the worst part of the Marvel movies. They just yeah. never really hold up. But, like, Keaton's in this weird between area where he's, like, he's not really a villain that people are rooting against, but, like, he's not somebody people are rooting for. He's not, like, an anti-hero, but, like, I just had a hard time, like, I was just kind of hoping, like, hey, maybe, maybe the vulture just gets away, and I'm kind of fine with that. You know, Peter learns something from that, and then Michael Keaton gets away. Um, but yeah, this was like the first villain where I was like, yeah, they got to stop right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ty, you want to go through the rest of your the things that you liked about the movie? If we didn't already mention them, but if we did, mention them again. So I love uh, the humor in this movie landed so well. I think it was kind of perfect. Kind of reminded me of a John Hughes 
movie where it's just, this, you know, kind of tiny quips here and there. I think that was perfect. Um, I love the, the high school. I like that they, they made it that kind of like elite high school and it wasn't, you know, just some random um, public school where Peter's like a total outcast where he has some, like, he feels like he belongs there and he's also kind of a cast at the same time. Mm. Um, I, 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 this is my favorite version of Flash from any, like, okay. comic, <laughs> shows, anything like that. Uh, and uh, the music was on point. I love the music. I love the score, and I love, you know, just the random songs that they put in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That's a good list. I don't know if I have anything that y'all haven't already mentioned, but uh, Peter with Karen, his uh, mm-hmm. kind of his, his Jarvis, uh that was just so much fun to see him open up to this AI that's just kind of giving him giving him facts, um, just shooting him how it is, and just like, and even when like the scenes with Liz is like, oh, sounds like you need to tell her how you feel. Oh, can I do that? I don't know. And then, and then she's like, Peter, this is that moment, <laughs> and so it's like it's so endearing, you know, and. It's really, really sweet. So, I, yeah, Peter with Karen, you know, Michael Keaton is Vulture. I, yeah, like you said, it's like, oh, I'm, I don't know if I, I'm pretty sure I don't hate this guy. Right. And definitely he's not awesome, but it's like, I'm enjoying watching him be, do what he's doing. And I'm so thankful that they did not kill him. You know, that's in the past. Marvel has just said, "Well, here's somebody super interesting. Well, they're dead. <laughs> Never gonna see them again." And I'm like, "Man, that's super lame." But yeah, they keep him alive. He's in jail. He's meeting up with the guy that's gonna play Scorpion. Eventually, they've already made a connection in jail, mm-hmm. so that's super interesting. Uh, then yeah, captures the team vibe and we don't see the origin story of, with uncle Ben dying, but yeah, those are all the good things that are like really highlights for me. Yeah. Oh, and I loved, uh, Zendaya as Mary yeah. Jane. She could just cause they made her just the coolest person on earth. Cause you know, Mary Jane in, in the Raimi movies, he, she's like the girl next door. It's like, she's totally yeah. the girl next door. Like she literally is the girl next door. In the movies also. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Zendaya is just like the coolest person in this movie. And then I love that reveal at the end that, that she's Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, I like that, that little twist because everyone saw her and they're like, Oh, it's Michelle. And you're like, well, is that going to be MJ? And then I go by MJ. Yeah. And so I like that they did not, because seemed like all of the previous movies while there is a love interest you know and peter has this history of love interests interests throughout the comics and through the movies Mm. they did not make this movie about that right yeah which is super super good and also played out with you know spider-man one two and three all revolve around him and mj and then uh amazing spider-man one and two with him and gwen stacy and then like, out of probably the core characters, like, Zendaya, she doesn't even get a lot of screen time. 
No, she's right, not that. Yeah. She's not that important in this movie, like yeah. plot wise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the bad. So I, I do have a few things that um, <laughs> uh, I wrote down for this movie. So one, you talk about the love interest. I, I just, I didn't care about Liz. Okay. I didn't care about Liz at all, or like Parker's relationship with her. There were several times where I kind of thought to myself, you know, like if y'all did just like stop dating, would that really be the worst thing for you, Peter? Like, they didn't even really get like, on a date. Well, not you know, but like if you like stop being interested in her, like probably be better for you in the long long run so just go ahead and get over with um like the coolest thing about her was her dad yeah that twist was yeah. amazing right the yeah, twist was amazing was but like like her just in general i was like eh, whatever whatever uh second thing is so i love karen i love all the tech i love i mean you know, iron man is my favorite hero so all the tech I know exactly is really cool. What you're about to say, I know exactly it what felt, you're about to say. It, it, sometimes in this movie, it felt like they were trading away um, his like traditional power of like Spidey sense for uh, technology, and I think Spidey sense is really cool. It's one of my favorite like superpowers. In, well, they get to it eventually, yeah. but like it's like, but like yeah, but like in this movie, it feels like it's just like oh, like. He's got AI, not Spidey senses. It's like, oh, that's 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 cool. He's got to grow into it. He's a growing boy. You yeah. got to grow into the spider. Still trying sense. to figure out things about his body. And last know. one, and last one. This one is, uh, yeah, that's right. He's, he's got to develop these things, right? Um, that his uh, his spidey senses haven't dropped yet. Um, <laughs> so, and this one isn't. This is kind of nerdy, and it doesn't really matter. But this movie kind of like timeline wise kind of messes up um, the like, MCU timeline a little bit. So oh, it's supposed to happen like right uh, after Civil so War. So essentially, right? like this movie, um, this movie supposed to take place eight years after the Avengers, like the first oh, Avengers okay. movie. Yeah, Captain America: Civil War takes place eight years after Iron Man, which in that in this universe takes place in two thousand nine, which makes Civil War two thousand seventeen. Right, so if Captain America takes place eight years after Iron Man, which is supposed to, Civil War would happen in 2017, which would make Homecoming six months after Civil War-ish, 2017-18. But Avengers in the universe is claimed to take place in 2011 or 12, which would make Homecoming Uh, in 2019 or 20. And so they get their years kind of all jumbled up and funky because of this movie. But, but like I, a problem that only you would have with this movie. <laughs> I, I prefaced so it. So it's supposed to be six years after I, I prefaced it by saying it, it doesn't really matter. And that it's really <laughs> lame and nerdy. I didn't but I didn't I didn't even think about that. It's really it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But they like slightly fudged up the numbers when they were putting in their ears for these movies. I, I try to actively avoid trying to figure out what year it is in the Marvel timeline, especially now. After everything that's happened, because it's oh, just sure. so, it's just too Again, too it convoluted. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're just like, okay, what does this take place before and after this movie? Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I only, I only, I only kind of realized this because I was trying to do like I was trying to figure out like the chronological order instead of phase order the other day. So I was looking up like the timeline with years and stuff, and a couple of timelines had different years for this movie, and so I was really confused. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, 
Do you okay, guys have yeah. anything bad to say about this movie? I have one thing. It's okay. I only had one problem with this movie, and it's Iron Man could have totally solved all of this problems if he had said, Peter, thank you for telling me about this. You did a really good job. I want you to sit back. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to get the right people on it. You've done a really good job. Now go protect the neighborhood. And you, he doesn't have to, Peter doesn't have to web up onto an airplane. <laughs> Fair point. Or Peter could Sounds have, like Tony's got flaws. Or or Peter could have just trusted Tony when he told him to just relax. He's a teenager. Yeah, you, you gotta explain like even when you're talking to someone who isn't you gotta explain like hey, like I get it, like you really want to help, but like, you know, we got other people on this. I kinda want you to focus on more ground level stuff. No, I mean I get it. I, I, I teach I teach math to like middle schoolers and high schoolers. I, I get that you have to because kids are dumb. They are. They they do stuff without thinking. And But sometimes you just want to say, look, do this because I said so. And that's kind of it. But See, he's not his dad, though. Yeah, he's not yes, his he dad. No, yes, he's not. he is. He's not he's, even his uncle. He's so his here's the thing. father. Here's the thing. Is that I agree with you 110%. And another thing is that Tony forgets that if anybody ever told him like hey don't do this even though you think you're 100 percent right yeah if someone told tony that he's like yeah i'm still gonna do it anyway right yeah and he doesn't see that like Which he doesn't see himself paired. no that, that's why they're paired but like he doesn't even have the foresight to see like <laughs> oh i'm gonna tell him hey cut this out and he's still gonna do it <laughs> okay Brad, do you have something bad that you want to say about <laughs> the movie? I've got. I mean, uh, let me look at my list. Um, yeah, I think that because we watched this yesterday, you and I did, mm-hmm. Brad, and it was the only the second time I've ever seen it, uh, and we both talked about that. And so it's a good movie. Yeah, it's. But it's not something that when you think of the Marvel movies, it, it just jumps out at you. And when yeah. you think of the full lineup, you're like, oh, it's okay. Well, part of that, I think, is because like the Sony Marvel deal, they're like, this isn't like out on Disney Plus. It's not. It like we had to rent it from Amazon to watch it, you know. And so it's not like, um, you know, sometimes if I don't have anything to watch, I'll just go to Disney Plus and throw in a random movie. You, like, yeah, this you can't do that. This won't come up. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. So I think what you said as well is that uh, Karen, the AI, was a little overpowered. It just it made things too easy for Peter in some cases. While it was fun to see him struggle to try and figure, it's like, no, we're not going to kill anybody. But um, instead of just using his his head and you know figuring things out, I think that uh, one of the things is that if uh, yeah, I just I found it uh, within the timeline of this being after Civil War and like with supervision and Tony's kind of like, hey, fifteen year old kid, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Here's a super powerful suit weapon. Go do whatever you want to. <laughs> and even though I'm all about supervision and this like superhero registration and oversight, but you can do whatever you want and. Well, you learn. From also, <laughs> also, Tony Tony assigns Happy Hogan, who is terrible at his job, to oversee Peter. 
Like, yeah. just like send him back a text. Like, hey, Peter, I got all your texts. Like, like seriously. Hey, chill. <laughs> uh, the real villain of the movie, Happy Hogan. Yeah. No, hey, I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that overall is that there's some things that you know it's like it's a fun movie. It just wasn't spectacular. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing we have some Easter eggs. Ty, I know you've already mentioned a couple Easter eggs um, with like oh, Donald Glover. Uh, well, yeah. the Donald Glover bit was an Easter egg. Yeah, I, I didn't know. And the uh, the Marissa Tomei being the backup, or Aunt May being the backup. Oh, yeah. that was an Easter egg. Do you because I don't have any. I don't have any Easter egg. Do you guys have any Easter eggs in this? I movie? mean, I didn't really notice a lot, um, like right off the bat. But I also never. I'm also really bad at spotting Easter eggs. Sure. Like I'm the person that has to like go online and and look yeah. at like what were the Easter eggs in there, unless it's just totally just put it right in my face. Sure. Um, oh, uh, probably the biggest Easter egg is when Karen is telling him to kiss Liz while he's hanging upside down. Yeah, yeah that's and what then I was he thinking. Just falls through. Sure. But I I can't really think of anything else. Yeah. The yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, Ultron makes an appearance. Yeah, Ultron's Ultron, head a lot of a lot of the old tech, oh, the, the, the Chitauri. Oh, yeah. So his his, his beheaded head is um, in the box that uh, Vulture like rummages through, oh, and okay. he kind of like just throws it away. But it's Ultron's head. Um, I think one of the things that they do really well is even in these minor characters, they work in all of these like. B and C list villains. Yeah. Because yeah. Spider Man has so many villains. Yeah. So Shocker, the you know, tinkerer. the Tinkerer, yeah. uh, Prowler, who's Donald Glover, and then Vulture, who, I mean, I'm pretty sure we have it. The only repeat of a villain was the Green Goblin. Right. In across six Spider Man movies at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Crazy. I guess the only other Easter egg I can think of is they mentioned the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah. Uh, when Happy is like reading off the cargo yeah. list. Yeah, that whole, whole that whole scene is, I guess, a whole Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. They've got arc reactors. They've got and Thor's um, belt or whatever. Yeah, Thor's His magic belt. belt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things. I guess. I mean, I guess you could say uh, it was kind of a Easter egg. It's just you know. Peter holding up the two sides of the ferries kind of looked like uh, Toby Maguire when he's stopping the train. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like that's that's kind of a stretch. Now I I thought that as well. Well, when we were watching, I said that's the Spider Man pose. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. You know, um, it was kind of interesting. There was kind of like uh, I got a lot of like like savior imagery with that because he kind yeah. of looked like sure. he was up on a cross when he was because he was yes. suspended in air yeah spread out yeah that's fair um i think well this is this is a super deep dive but when tony is confronting peter after the ferry this is for eagle-eyed viewers only is that throughout all of the iron man movies his left arm continually gets injured and you see him kind of like rubbing it uh, if it gets injured in, uh, I'm pretty sure in Iron Man 2, it gets injured in the Hulkbuster armor. He's wearing a sling at the end of uh, his 
uh, the airport battle in Civil War, and uh, in the snap with mm. after he loses to Thanos, he's holding his left arm because it, his left arm continually continues to get hurt. So that's that's something that you know I think Robert Downey Jr. has just worked into his performance, knowing the character yeah. is is he's just he's kind of talking to Peter and he's like kind of like holding his left arm and then like. It's not that's not normal unless it's like it's hurting him or it's aching. Interesting. So, okay. but that's a little Easter egg. Okay. Yeah, I never, never thought of that. All right. So now we're gonna get into some quotes and then some scenes. So we'll just popcorn style it around the table until we can we're through i've i've only got a handful and then we'll run through scenes so uh brad if you want to lead us off yeah so this is actually my first one is actually a captain america quote (laughs) so your body's changing believe me i know how that feels (laughs) that was such a good ad i love Uh, that the captain america uh like jim i don't know just Teenage training, like presidential fitness videos. So good. Well, my next quote is directly related to that quote, and it's the gym teacher saying, "Thank you, Captain. I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but whatever." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny funny because, like, yeah, Captain America is a war criminal, and then they they're learning about the Sokovia Accords in one of their classes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but whatever. Um, so I think one that's where uh, one that's really funny is very early on. It's they kind of do a, a fun little like video. Peter's recording stuff on his phone, flashbacks of how he got introduced through Civil War and his relationship with Tony. Tony's kind of explaining him like, "Hey, there's a little don't do any don't do anything. I wouldn't do don't do anything." Uh, you know, I would do, there's a little gray area, this is where you operate, and then he kind of leans across him, and it's like, Peter's like, oh, I'm getting hugged, (laughs) because, like, kind of a normal response, like, hey, bro, like, I just changed your life, and I'm welcoming you into this world, and then it's like, uh, he says, that's not a hug, just grabbing the door for you. (laughs) All right, kid, good luck out there. (laughs) That's good. Uh, this is a quote between Peter and Ned. Peter says, look, I'm just going to be myself. Ned responds, Peter, no one wants that. Yeah. Peter, no one wants that. Just absolutely <laughs> roast him. Yeah, roast him. No yeah. one wants that. <laughs> Gosh, Ned was such a great character. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, okay, my next quote is uh, they get back from their DC trip and they're the little... Uh, school news is interviewing the teacher and they just zoom in on his face and he goes, couldn't bear to lose another student on a school trip. Not again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So that's a good one. So my next one is with uh, Adrian Toomes, uh, the vulture, when he's kind of getting on that guy about having bring Spider-Man on them. It's like, you said to move the merchandise under the radar, under the radar. We bring damage control or the Avengers down here. We're through. 
You're out here wearing that goofy thing like Mel Carbs calling yourself the Shocker. I'm the Shocker. I shock people. What is this? Pro wrestling? Yeah, I think that it's like the fact that they like makes fun of themselves yeah. or they are able to make fun of them is like, I'm the shocker. Like, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> uh, this one's from Tony Stark and he's giving advice to, um, well, he's reprimanding Peter at this point. He says, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Which yeah. I think is a great quote to kind of sum up who, um, who the character like Peter Parker is or who the character Peter Parker should be, right? Yeah, that's kind of like the quote of the movie. Yeah. Kind of right there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, so my next quote is between uh, Ned, conversation between Ned and Peter. Um, Ned says, should we tell everyone? Peter, no. Ned, should <laughs> I tell everyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Should I tell everyone? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, the next one is kind of the... Uh, the moment in the movie, like after uh, it Tombs finds out that who Peter Parker is, which like already you're you're super shocked that like this is Liz's dad, the villain is uh, the dad, and then how he just figures it out so quick. He fi- he's so sharp. He's like they write him as such a sharp, smart, intelligent character. He figures it out so quick, and he's like, I'm gonna give him the dad talk. So he turns the gun. And he's like, "Does she know?" And Peter's like, "Know what?" He said, "So she doesn't." Good. Close to the vest. I admire that. Got a few secrets of my own. Of all the reasons I didn't want my daughter to date, Peter. Nothing is more important than family. You saved my daughter's life. I could never forget something like that. So I'll give you one chance. You ready? You walk through those doors, and you forget any of this happened, and you don't ever, ever interfere with my business again. Because if you do, I'll kill you and everyone that you love. I'll kill you dead. That's what I'll do to protect my family, Pete. You understand? Hey, I just saved your life. Now what do you say? Thank you. You're welcome. Now go in there and show my daughter a good time, okay? Not Just not too good. And that, that scene is so chilling. Dude, Michael <laughs> Keaton giving a dad talk was so terrifying. Just because Michael Keaton, when he smiles, it looks like he knows something that he shouldn't know. And it's so, so scary. It's so scary. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. He um, he gives off real mafia vibes. Like, you come to yeah. me on the day of my daughter's wedding. You know, yeah, he gives yeah, off yeah, real, yeah. like, like, how could you? Well, and then, yeah. like, when he opens the door and they're in the kitchen, like, Peter's freaking out and, like, is not maintaining his cool at all. Like Peter's yeah. just like staring, and he seems like you're like man, this is like a cool dad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is this is a Tony quote, and it's when Tony is in India, and he is calling Peter, and he goes, "Thank God this place has Wi-Fi, or you'd be toast right now." Thank Ganesh while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, okay, my next quote uh, is Donald Glover when he's. Uh, when he's buying a gun and he, and he just goes, I'm just trying to stick people up. I'm not trying to shoot them back in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> it's so uh, hilarious. Cause they're selling these just 
enormously high tech guns to like right. street gangs. <laughs> right. No, right. Like, we don't need this. <laughs> you know it's bad when like you know your tech is crazy when the guy who's actively trying to like stick people up and arm commit armed robberies like, dude, this is a little much. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, that's great. This so this is my last one. It's between uh Vulture and Peter again. It's when he's confronting him in like the warehouse. He says, Peter, you're young. You don't understand how the world works. Yeah, but I understand that selling weapons to criminals is wrong. He said, how do you think your buddy Stark paid for the tower or any of his little toys? Those people, Pete, those people up there, the rich and the powerful, they do whatever they want. Guys like us, like you and me, they don't care about us. We build their roads. We fight in all their wars and everything. They don't care about us. We have to pick up after them. We have to eat their table scraps. That's how it is. I know you know what I'm talking about, Peter. Why are you telling me this? Because I want you to understand. And I need a little time to get her airborne. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that, well, with the way that they tie, like, the Vulture's origin story with, you know, Tony, like, tearing stuff up and then just swooping in and, like, getting paid to right. clean it up as well. Yeah. For a small business guy that's like, hey, I'm just trying to just trying to make it. I'm not, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a genius. I just want to put, like, he's like, I'm just trying to provide for my family. I'm just trying to keep yeah. a roof over my head and pay the mortgage. Like, and that's like, he's kind of like got a compelling where it's the villains that you're like, eh, kind of has a point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, my last one, and it's at the very end of the movie. It's after Peter declines the opportunity to become a full fledged Avenger. Oh, this is good. And Tony goes, you know, he actually made a really mature choice. Just surprised the heck out of both of us. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, this um, is a test, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, my last quote is not actually a quote. It's more of an interaction. But it's when Peter, after he gets the dad talk from the vulture, he goes into the dance and he he's just freaking out. He looks over at Ned in his stupid hat, and Ned waves at him, and then MJ just flicks him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's super funny. Um, all right, let's do some scenes. Yep. All right, so I, first thing I'm going to do, I love the opening of, of, of Peter Parker, where he is doing this like vlog-style introduction of himself in Civil War. Right, where he's filming himself, he's talking to Stark, he's uh, he sets up his cell phone where he like and you can see this alternate angle of him like flipping in and stealing the shield from Captain America. I thought that was a really cool opening. Yeah, that was really good. I think that connected to with like the younger crowd too. You know, like making videos sure. on your phone and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It almost felt like a uh, like a TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, my, the the scene that I really loved is just the entire DC scene when he's trying to break into the Washington monument. Yeah. Um, Cause that's like his first like real, real test where like, you know, lives are on the line. Like he's got to save their lives. Um, I love that. It's also like some of the stuff and that's pretty funny. It's just hilarious. Like when he gets in there and he's, and he can't say Ned's name. He's like, Hey, big guy, stop moving. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's really great. Um, but yeah, that and the 
the visuals of him jumping over the helicopter, hooking onto it, and then swinging through that small yeah. little window. Looks so awesome. awesome. So cool. Looks great. Yeah. Uh, my f- first one is uh, Peter talking with Karen while locked up in damage control. <laughs> Just, hey, he's going through all these things. He's going through all these cycles of boredom, and he's talking to her, and he's venting with her. And it's like, how long have we been in here? 38 minutes. What? (laughs) And uh, that was just, it was super fun. It was super endearing. Yeah, Yeah, I love the the Karen bit with him. Yeah, that was good. It felt a lot like her, the movie. Have you seen her? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was great. Um, So I I love the the fight between him and Vulture when at the very end when he is in his... Um, his like normal, like not power, super powered suit, just his sweatpants and hoodie. Yeah, 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 with his like makeshift goggles. Um, the fight, I felt the choreography of the fight looked really good. Like it looked good, it looked like a real fight. And at the very end, when Peter kind of shows his his empathy and um, his care for Vulture, as even though Vulture is like clearly the bad guy, I've been trying to murder him for several minutes now. He still yeah. saves him, and there's a reason he's alive. And I think it's a good fight. Yeah, that was a really good one. I, that was that was one of my favorite fight scenes in the MCU so far. Um, but I'm also a little biased when it comes to this movie. Uh, my one one of my other favorite scenes was kind of his like quote unquote daily routine. Like him when he leaves school and they start playing Blitzkrieg Bop and he's just swinging through New York and you know interacting with everybody. You know he webs up the guy that's trying to break into his own car. And, he stops the bike team and doesn't know who the bike belongs to. All that stuff. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it just, uh, um, it's like, oh, this lady bought me a churro. That was nice, you know? <laughs> um, and then he's like, gets the guy who's like trying to break into his own car and that whole incident. That makes me crack up every time I see it. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, just slams him. <laughs> like, that guy definitely has a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last scene that I'll, I'll say that I really enjoyed is when he gets to these parts of... Because, you know, all, you have, all we've ever seen in Spider-Man movies are swinging, 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 which is awesome and I love it. But when he gets to this part where there's nothing for him to swing on, he has to like run through the like the golf course yeah. or run through the neighborhood or run to the Washington Monument. And you're like, oh, this is this is funny. Like yeah. he's like, there's nothing for him to swing on, which is and so he's just, I'm coming, I'm coming. Which I, you know, that's good because I've always wondered like how effective would Spider-Man be if he was a kid from Jackson, Mississippi? Not effective. Or like, you know what oh. I mean? Like it's like okay, like. He's in Jacksonville City. Well, you know, like Spider-Man works because he's from New York. Because right, there right, are right. billion yeah. buildings that are, you know, super tall. No, right, like, like I'm in Houston right now, and like if he was born in Houston, there's probably a 15 mile radius where he could effectively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my my favorite scene in this movie is the the ride to prom or ride to homecoming. With Liz and Peter and um, Vulture, yeah. where they're talking, and you, well, you can see Michael Keaton figure it out. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Now you can visibly see like the moment when he's like, "Oh, you weren't in the elevator when Spider-Man was there, but Spider-Man was in DC. Interesting. You know, and he you can see him figure it out. And it, I think like Michael Keaton is just terrifying in that moment. Like I would not want to be in that car. I would not want to be Peter Parker. Yeah. No. That was that was. I mean, Michael Keaton is like one of the best actors in Hollywood. So like, and he brought it for this movie. He which did. was awesome. Um, okay, my last scene that uh, that I loved is the fairy scene. Um, I just loved it because, you know, Peter starts out as, okay, I basically saved the day. Like, I've yeah. got all this covered. Mm-hmm. And it just drops so quickly. And he's just like... And then he ends up losing a suit. Like, he goes from 100 to zero mm-hmm. within, like, five minutes. Um, yeah. And it was interesting. It was kind of his... Uh, you know, he flew a little bit too close to the sun moment. And mm-hmm. I really love that. 98%. 98%. What you think 98% effective would like, you know, yeah. you pass all your classes with 98%. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's more like uh, the idea of like a chain. Like mm-hmm. if 98% of your, your chain links are, are durable, but 2% of them aren't, the whole chain's still going to come apart. Mm. So it's pass fail. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not, so not, it doesn't matter the percentage. It's either you get a hundred or you don't. He did a fine job. And so it's pass fail. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I've come up with I came up with such a good analogy on the spot, on the spot, and then you were just like, "Oh, pass fail." It was a good analogy because it was oh. a chain. It was a web of chains. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to talk about uh, questions, and we've already dis- uh, discussed this a little bit, so I'm going to go ahead and combine these two, uh, So, and then we can just talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. So which actor is the best Peter Parker, and which actor is the best Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah I think we all, I mean, Ty said this earlier, and me and Brad have talked about this before, and we agree, but Tobey Maguire, best Peter, because he looks yeah. like an actual nerd. Um, Andrew Garfield, best Spider-Man because he looks like an actual hero. And Tom Holland is the best mix of both. He's not the best uh, Peter, but he's the second best. He's not the best Spider-Man, but he's the second best. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's he's a better all-around Peter Spidey. Yeah, he definitely – he does the best job of of being good at both roles for sure. Right, yeah. And he looks like a high schooler. Yeah. Yeah, and it helps that he's jacked. Yeah, I forgot that that Tom Holland is jacked. You know the scene where he takes off his shirt. You're like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that for for his audition for because he had to do screen tests with both uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans when he was auditioning. So part of it said it said, okay, Spider Man flips into the scene. And so as he was preparing for the role, he did a, a lot of acrobatics. So he actually flipped. Mm. He does a flip into the scene and and he's like he's like, Oh, okay. And then he does his lines and like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. both loved him. So Tom cool. Holland is a very uh, athletic actor. Yeah. He's yeah, a he's very seen, he's, he's like a it. very skilled uh, tap dancer also. Really? Yeah. Maybe we'll see some tap dancing. 
but not a re- Spider Man. <laughs> not a remake of the Spider Man uh, Sam Raimi dance, please. Yeah. <laughs> Anything but that. Walking down the street. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. So okay. So here's a a question. Uh, you can answer for, uh, open for any of the Spider-Man movies, mm. including Into the Spider-Verse, if you would like. So who is the best Spider-Man villain? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Uh, would one of y'all like to go first? I am not <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> I think the there's a reason why in Sam Raimi's movie they started with the Green Goblin. Right. So I think with the the whole because the whole kind of premise of spider-man villains are also people that are have personal relationships with peter parker Mm -hmm. it starts with the green goblin and that his best friend's dad sure and he was so willem dafoe was so good in that role he was really good i Um, think i'll say you, you go you go I'll say for me, I, I think Doc Ock is yeah, is my favorite Spider Man villain. He um obviously this comes like later in Peter's life when he's an adult and he's working as a scientist. Um well in certain variations of him obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's working as a scientist under Doc Ock. And I, I also think the arms are so cool. So cool. Have either of y'all played like the uh the Spider Man video game? Yeah. With the PlayStation one. The most recent one? Yeah. I Not have. the Maz Morales one, but the Spider Man one. Yeah. So Doc Ogg is is one of the villains in there, and you, you get to fight him eventually. And he's just such a stinking cool looking yeah. character. Like his arms waving around, and he's great. Well, I think one of the things that makes Doc Ock really cool is that no matter what Peter or Spider Man does, he can always counter it. Yeah, because he's yeah. just as smart, and he can develop his own tech. And yeah. yeah, I think I think my favorite villain was the Green Goblin from the first Sam Raimi yeah. Spider Man movie because I love. When Green Goblin is, he isn't like that huge, like monster. Green yeah. Go- like I don't like that version of Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Willem Dafoe was just—I mean, he is such a terrifying actor in the first place, and he was so good in that movie. <laughs> and then he like comes back in a way in in the in the second movie. To kind of like haunt his son with his memory. It was, yeah, I, yeah, I, I really love cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime where they do kind of people that are dead or gone and the way that they visualize like the trauma or yeah, the way that they're seeing things, they bring that actual actor back and they kind of because the way we operate is like you can sometimes see that, but like the way they show it in a movie like it's really cool they did that in uh the amazing spider-man 2 where uh peter's like trying to stop this uh he's trying to stop the bank robber and he sees gwen's dad like who's dead Mm -hmm. and like kind of like reminding him of what he what he did and yeah i also think i really want to see uh vincent d'onofrio's kingpin um he's awesome like the kingpin and into the spider-verse was awesome and he's one of spider-man's greatest villains and like even though he has no powers like he oftentimes like beats spider-man up yeah i was kind of hoping that um in winter soldier falcon and winter soldier that he was gonna be the uh 
what do they call him? The broker. The power broker. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping he would end up being the power broker, and that's how they. Oh, that'd have been neat. The Daredevil series. Yeah, I'm. I'm still hoping out. We we see him. I think we might see him in. Or well, we might see Daredevil. Charlie Cox's Daredevil in December. Yeah. yeah, I wish he should get a movie. That Daredevil's so awesome. So cool. Yeah. So much so- better than Ben Affleck's Daredevil. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> not even a contest. Yeah, it's, it's a low bar. Low bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so here's a fun question: Is if you're to be bit by a radioactive fill in the blank and mm. gain its powers, could be a spider, you know, could be whatever. What would it be if you were to be bit by a radioactive <sighs> blank? Because Peter Porker is <laughs> a spider and he's bit by a radioactive pig yeah and he he becomes a pig in this in the spider verse hmm. so so it any just any animal any animal that's how it works oh man that's a really hard one because like i'm thinking if i go like an aquatic animal does that mean like i can only breathe underwater or does that no, mean no, i no, have no. the power to breathe underwater i mean it doesn't it's like you get some of their main abilities, obviously, like Peter doesn't lay eggs, he doesn't spit venom. Right, right, you know, right, right. So it's like, okay, if I were to become a cool superhero by being bit by this thing, yeah, okay, what would that look like? I'm gonna say radioactive falcon. I can Ooh. fly. Yeah. I have the ability to. Hopefully, they are retractable, like claws, so I can fight with that. Um, yeah, really just flying and flying would be dope. Yeah. God. Yeah. Okay, now I don't want to go flying. I was gonna go flying also. But I wanna I wanna do something different. Um or or like a radioactive mole where I can dig tunnels super fast. And that'd be really cool too. The world. So you'd be, be like uh <laughs> the the mole guy from the Incredibles. Yeah. Oh. The underminer. <laughs> the underminer. Uh, Pretty God, sure the mole to... is like a Fantastic Four villain. <laughs> you can fact uh, check me, but I'm pretty sure like the mole is a. Oh, you're right. I've never heard of the mole before. Hmm. Mole man. This is so hard. Right. That, what would you, you pick, Brad? Ah, man, there's so many good ones because I think like okay, I want to be able to get around real fast. So like flying always has its appeal. Um, no, I know. I know what I'm gonna do. Oh, okay. I'm gonna Go get bit by a radioactive bat. Ooh, um, that's nice. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I'm guessing you're getting like sonar abilities. Sonar, flight, and hopefully I just look terrifying, maybe, so people are scared of me. Basically, just become Batman, but you know, with the powers of a bat, also. Yeah, that'd be good. I think a yeah, flying would be so cool. I mean, like a spider is so cool too. You yeah. know, uh, maybe I'll just default to that, but I feel like that would be lame. Um, I think a... I guess, like, uh, another insect that would be cool is probably, like, an ant. You would have, like, super strength. Yeah. Yeah, that would oh, be Oh, cool. that's a really good one, actually. Yeah. You'd be super, super strong. Or, you know, you could just, like, a hornet, a wasp, um... Can fly. I get bit by a radioactive phoenix so I have just eternal <laughs> life? I'm going to get bit by a radioactive dragon. Um, 
I don't know. I think like I obviously like bears a lot. Um, I think bears would be like they'd be super strong and ferocious. Obviously, couldn't get around super fast. Um, but I think like a gorilla, like that'd be super dope. You'd be uh, super strong. Yeah, I'd be just be King Kong. Um, a Komodo dragon, maybe. <laughs> you made a face at that. <laughs> uh, I'd be like Godzilla. <laughs> the uh, radioactive beaver have the, mm. the <laughs> just have super sharp teeth. And just that's have the only it, power. Like, have the <laughs> coolest underwater house. I just bite through buildings. Yeah. <laughs> or Could it's you... like a really underwhelming power, and you just have perfect teeth. And that's yeah. it. That's Could you power. get bit by a radioactive like golden retriever and just become like everybody loves Ooh. you? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like a popular a, person. I feel like a wolf would be good. Like. Any yeah. version where you could like yeah. kind of be like a pseudo Wolverine yeah. kind of character, where you can like be a super good tracker and just yeah. be a ferocious fighter. Get bit by a radioactive cat and become the most narcissistic person Ooh. on earth. Then just... I'd be Tony Stark. Uh, a grasshopper. It'd fly. Oh, a, a grasshopper would actually be pretty sweet. Because they can jump like thirty times their their height. A yeah. frog would be cool, and so that'd be like the equivalent of us jumping like a hundred feet in the air. Yeah, yeah. Jumping is an under underrated superpower. I mean, imagine you could leap thir- leap a hundred feet. That'd be pretty. If pretty my only awesome power basketball. Yeah. <laughs> if my only power was jumping, I'd be like, okay, I recognize that I probably couldn't stop a lot of villains with this. I'm just gonna join the NBA. <laughs> But I have to imagine that grasshoppers are fairly strong, like in terms of like per per pound muscle. Mm. Yeah, I guess if if you get bit by an insect, that ratio increases. So I guess the smaller the an- the smaller stronger animals would probably be better. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So next question is: If you got superpowers in high school, would you have told anyone? Uh, it depends. It depends. Like I could totally see myself being like, I I don't really have the strong sense of responsibility at fifteen. <laughs> I'm gonna get a scholarship to go play wherever I want to and whatever sport I want to, and then I'm gonna yeah. join a professional league. Uh, I don't know. I could also see like. I went to parties when I was in high school, so I could, there's definitely a situation where I just accidentally show everybody that I have a superpower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the idea that, like, Peter isn't a, like, the top recruit in the world at running back or quarterback is a testament to the fact that he's a better person than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't tell anybody. And then, I mean, you'd only have to work, like, 50%, and you'd be the best player. In the oh, country. I'd, like, go win the Heisman. It'd be great. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I I don't know if I was. I probably thought I was better at keeping secrets than I was actually was in high school. So I would. I'm sure that I would be like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. And then just in a moment of like not having enough self discipline, if like someone like Flash was like picking on me or like making fun of me, I'd be like, well, I'm going to show you. <laughs> and then they'd be like. Wait, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. I also um, 
don't have the brain power to create webs. So like Sure. I would only have super strength and agility. And and, and you can climb up walls. Yeah. So I would one hundred percent I'd be playing football. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I, I think I'd go wide receiver. Or you never drop a pass. Never yeah. drop a pass. I think that's but I oh I don't know. Running back would be fun. See, I would. I think receiver would be better because you could justify escaping tackles more easily. Where if you're a running back, you'd be like, "Bro, this guy never gets tackled. Like, he's on steroids or something like that." Do they test you and they're like, "You have radioactive spider steroids?" In your- I don't know if they would show up or not on the the, on the drug tests. <laughs> Uh, okay, last question. I think we've already talked on this. There may be some debate on it, but who has the best performance in this movie? Uh, for me, it's Michael Keaton, personally. This is it. I don't want to do this, but it's a tie between Michael Keaton and Tom Holland. I think Tom Holland did a really good job. I think Michael Keaton. I mean, Michael Keaton in this didn't even. This wasn't as great as acting performance, and he, you know the best or second best in this. But I think Tom Holland really, like, I think he, like, solidified himself with the fans and, and with mm. new fans and all yeah. the CU people out there. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was Michael Keaton for me as well. Um, obviously, he's he's super solid. And, yeah, I mean, Tom Holland does great because he's super believable as a teenager in New York, and he's British, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he does a great job. Yeah. All right, so we're heading into the final section of our uh, Marvel episodes, and so we actually have one of the rank kings, Ty, uh, with us. So, Ty, if you just want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, your show, and yeah, for for y'all. Y'all's viewers that don't know, we've had uh, both Brad's on on multiple episodes of the Rankings, which is a podcast where we just rank stuff that you didn't know that you cared about, and uh, we we rank them and we bring a guest judge on who picks the winning list, and we have a very much old two old men arguing on a front porch vibe going on with me and my co-host Danny. Um, so yeah, it's you know another white guy podcast but it's a lot of fun (laughs) and you have a chance to yell at us so definitely give us a listen follow us on twitter and instagram at rankings pod don't forget that double k in the middle um but yeah feel free to yell at us for being stupid on on twitter and instagram after we make dumb picks well mostly dumb picks but yeah yeah awesome we so we actually started doing this this kind of segment with our mcu after we went on y'all show, because um, we're like, oh, this, you know, this kind of fun ranking things. Yeah. So we've been keeping up with our own rankings of heroes, villains, and movies. And Ty is actually going to pick tell <laughs> pick, tell <laughs> which of our our rankings is is the better ranking. Because so, that's what they do. They have guest hosts on their show, and uh-huh. the guest host picks. And like we said, uh, we like Ty more than Danny, so yeah. we end up picking him more. <laughs> Danny, we love you. We love you, Danny. We just <laughs> happen to pick Ty's list for some reason. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. All right. Uh, so I'll go first. My my hero rankings are number one, Iron Man. Two, Captain America. 
three Spider-Man, four Black Widow, five Star-Lord, six Black Panther, seven Rocket, eight Gamora, nine Doctor Strange, ten Falcon, eleven Drax, twelve Groot, thirteen Ant-Man, fourteen Hulk, fifteen Hawkeye, sixteen Wanda, seventeen Thor, eighteen Vision, nineteen War Machine, twenty Quicksilver, twenty-one Mantis, and twenty-two Nebula. There we go. There we go. All right. So, my list hero number one, Captain America. Number two, Iron Man. Number three, Spider Man. Number four, Black Panther. Number five, Winter Soldier. Number six, Black Widow. Number seven, Wanda. Number eight, Doctor Strange. Number nine, Rocket. Number ten, Yondu. Number eleven, Star Lord. Number twelve, Gamora. Number thirteen, Drax. Number fourteen, Falcon. Number fifteen, Ant Man. Number 16, Hawkeye. Number 17, Vision. Number 18, Thor. Number 19, Mantis. Number 20, Groot. 21, Hulk. 22, Nebula. 23, Quicksilver. 24, War Machine. Okay. Um, wait, do y'all y'all have the same top three except one and two are switched, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pick based on solely those top three because y'all both have Spider-Man in the same spot. Woohoo! It's going to get real spicy up in here. <laughs> I'm picking McKeon's list because yes! Team Cap. I am Team Cap all the way. So. Yes! Yes! <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, Team Cap. That's awesome. Okay, that answers my question. I was going to ask, like, uh, when uh, we got to it, like, were you Team Iron Man or Team Cap, and what did you think of us arguing on our Civil War pod? Y'all both yeah. brought up very good points, but I just don't trust the government, so I'm Team Cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm Team Cap. But in reality, if it was really happening and I was a superhero and I had the same personality I have now, I'd probably just chill at home and kind of let them do it out. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! That's... So, Ty, I'm assuming is Spider Man like by far and away your favorite MCU character, or is there another one that's close for you? Or it is one thousand percent Spider Man. I, yeah. I grew up like I remember yelling at my parents when I was really young because they wouldn't name my little brother Spider Man, and I was <laughs> yelling at them and crying because I thought that was the best name that you could you could name a kid. Yeah. So yeah, Spider Man's always been my number one. Cool. That's great. That's awesome. All right. Do you want me to go first this time? Sure. Okay. I'll go first with villains. So I have number one, Zemo. Number two, Loki. Number three, Vulture. Number four, Ego. Number five, Red Skull. Number six, Obadiah. Number seven, Ultron. Number eight, Ronan. Number nine, Alexander Pierce. Number 10, Whiplash. Number 11, Abomination. Number 12, Aldrich Killian. Number 13, Darren Cross. Number 14, Dormammu. Number 15, Malekith. Oh, we did it again. Same top three. All right, number one, Loki. Two, Vulture. Three, Zemo. Four, Aldrich Killian. Five, Obadiah. Six, Ultron. Seven, Ronan. Eight, Ego. Nine, Red Skull. Ten, Alexander Pierce. Eleven, Yellow Jacket. Twelve, Ivan Vanko. Thirteen, Abomination. Fourteen, Dormammu. Fifteen, Malekith. Okay, yeah, Malekith. Yeah, that's, he's the worst. He's bad. He's uh, 
Solely for the fact that he didn't need to be subtitled. <laughs> like he didn't need to be subtitled. He could have just spoke with a weird accent. Um, okay, wait. Where did both of y'all have Obadiah? I had Obadiah fifth. Okay. I have him uh, at six. Okay, and we're not Ooh. we're not to the Black Panther movie yet. So. No. no. So yeah, Killmonger. That's my yet. favorite. That's my favorite villain. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Blaylock because Loki's nice. my number one. Loki's my number one for sure. Right yeah. now, at this moment in the uh, MCU. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. And you said Killmonger is your favorite overall. Yeah, a hundred percent. Make make note of that for later. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Killmonger is really good. I I haven't watched Black Panther in a while. I'm excited. He's to watch again. he's so good because McKean, you said this earlier. He's one of the or he's like a villain type where you're like. He's got God, good he is so bad, but like I 100% agree with why he is doing this. Sure. Yeah. Which is like, a, that's, a, I love like villains like that, and then villains like the Joker who are just absolutely insane and have no logic. Mm-hmm. Those are like my two favorite villains. Yeah, absolutely. They either need to be sympathetic to the point where you're like, okay, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Or just like a pure like incarnation of evil. Right. Um, it's like in between where they're like, they kind of have a point, but you're like, okay, that's kind of stupid. Like, where you're like, like James you Bond villains. Like, I've never been blown away by James Bond villains. Because, yeah. like, you never root for, you never sympathize with them, and they're just not pure evil. Uh, I mean, the, uh, I think Skyfall like, was the best villain. That's Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's so, the best James Bond movie. Sure. Yeah, for sure. But like in the MCU, it's like like uh, like villains like Yellow Jacket, or they like they have a, a reason. Yeah, it's like, a terrible reason. It's like, oh, I didn't get a promotion essentially, and you're like, all right, well, yeah. you have to become a super villain. Like, what are you doing? And they kind of just shoehorned in the, oh, the formula is making him crazy. Okay, now he's crazy. Okay, like right, yeah, adding that line in. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, movies. So number one for me is Iron Man, two Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Three, Captain America Civil War. Four, Winter Soldier. Five, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Six, Spider-Man Homecoming. Seven, Avengers. Eight, Iron Man 3. Nine, Captain America the First Avenger. Ten, Ultron. Eleven, Doctor Strange. Twelve, Ant-Man. Thirteen, Iron Man 2. Fourteen, Thor. Fifteen, Incredible Hulk. Sixteen, Thor Dark World. Mm. It's good. I already think just because of where I put Homecoming, I'm going to lose out on this list. But uh, here we go. Uh, number one, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Number two, Iron Man. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four, uh, Civil War. Number five, uh, Guardians Volume 2. Number six, uh, Captain America, First Avenger. Number seven, Avengers. Number eight, uh, Iron Man 2, number 9, Spider-Man Homecoming, number 10, Iron Man 3, number 11, Doctor Strange, number 12, Age of Ultron, number 13, Ant-Man, number 14, Thor, number 15, Incredible Hulk, number 16, Dark World. So... Okay. Y'all both had Dark World at the correct spot. So Yeah. It's not moving, unless something really bad <laughs> it's comes out. so bad. Um, okay. Yes, it does hurt me that that one person has homecoming lower than the other. But I always say on the rankings that I rank not based on favorite. I rank based on best. So I am not going to be too biased. 
Brad, I love that you have Iron Man 3 in the top 10. I really love that movie. Oh, wow. That's good. Okay. But McKeon has the number one movie, and it's Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes! So McKeon wins. That yes! is, not only is that the best Marvel movie, that is, to me, a perfect movie. And it is the correct spot at number one. So that's why McKeon wins. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, I, I knew you were my favorite tie. Sorry, Daddy. <laughs> I have it. I have it at four though. Four. So okay. So uh, I'll explain a little bit about my Spider-Man choice because my homecoming choice. Because while he is definitely one of my favorite heroes, I thought this movie, um, like. There's kind of some forgettable things about it. Yeah. Um, which, like I said earlier, I was like, it's re- it's solid movie. Like, we had fun watching it. But it's like, when I think about, like, top five, like, man, this movie's awesome. I could watch it any day of the week. Like, it's not one of those, I guess, for me. Yeah. When, when, when it comes to, like, my ranking of Spider-Man movies, it's like Spider-Man 2... Spider Verse or like one two like right oh, yeah. there and those could switch so easily and then there's kind of like a little drop off and then Spider Man Homecoming and the first Sam Raimi Spider Man yeah and then yeah. like all the Andrew Garfields and Spider Man threes are like way down here <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good all right um, yeah man this is fun all right overall <laughs> reflections final grade. Uh, I gave it a, I think, I mean, I gave it a B just because, uh, obviously of where I put it in my rankings, it's not, I guess I, I'll give it a B plus. It's, <laughs> it's not, there are just some things where I'm like, at this point, And since we've been watching these movies, like continually pretty, like at least one a week, I'm like, man, the formula's kind of a little predictable, but like, they're also like some really good storytelling devices that you're not getting in the other movies, like the conflict between, because he still has a secret identity. Mm. You know, right. none of the other heroes have that. And you're getting those really cool elements of him being a teenager and struggling yeah. with this huge weight that feeling like that most teenagers shouldn't have to. And like even the adults in this world are struggling with, and yeah, he's right. and he's doing it well. Yep. Yeah. Um, I gave I gave this movie an A minus. I have it in my rankings. I have it as the um, the first movie above my movies that I gave B pluses. But this movie's a lot of fun. Um, Peter Parker is a really interesting character, and I like that they did the high school like movie thing. You're right. Like it is like a John Hughes movie. I think you said that yeah. earlier. Tonight. Like, this is a lot like Sixteen Candles, but um, he's got spider powers, you know. More like um, Ferris Bueller. Than yeah. Candles, well, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I said Sixteen Candles because uh, Robert Downey Jr. Because it's your favorite. Because Robert Downey Jr. was originally supposed to be cast in. It. Is Sixteen it's Candles like, your favorite John Hughes movie? No, it's just that Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to be cast. <laughs> oh, in I wasn't like Ducky. holding you. That would yeah. just be an interesting thing. He was supposed to be Ducky, and so I thought it was kind of yeah. a tie-in. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, you a, read Ready, Ready Player Two. We get it, man. <laughs> it was a bad. T- I said it was a bad tie-in. All right, tie. It was bad. I I take full responsibility. Yeah, but it's a minus. Lots of fun. Um, Spider Man's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you read Ready Player Two. <laughs> 
I'm going to give this a strong A. Um, so on Letterboxd, which is a movie review uh, app, uh, I gave this four and a half stars out of five. So I think that's a that's a strong A. I would say five stars is an A plus. Um, but yeah, I just strong A. This is a it's good at what it does. It kind of breaks away from the formula in some ways. Um, so yeah, that is kind of a good break after you know watching so many movies that are basically built the same way. Um, and I just love Tom Holland as as Spider Man, so I'll support that. And Michael Keaton in pretty much anything. Absolutely, yeah. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of The Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, follow us on social media. And until next time, love you 3,000.